This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. In this episode, we discuss the Michelle Carter case, about texting her boyfriend into committing suicide. We recorded this episode before the sentencing on the matter came down. The information is all still accurate and relevant, but it is worth throwing in that the courts have sentenced her to two and a half years in jail, but ruled that she would be eligible for probation after 15 months and suspended the rest of her sentence until 2022. And she was also sentenced to five years of probation. Additionally, we love you all, and thank you for bearing with us through our audio and editing hiccups as we figure out this new equipment. We promise a superior product going forward. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. And I'm Austin Hoffman. We are joined this week by someone who's going to be with us every week, Ryan O'Connor. Say hello. Hello. So for about a year now, Austin and I have looked into uh, the hot topic of the week every week. And by every week, I mean every a decent weeks. amount of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> we, we would do a decent job. Uh, but I am very busy with work. Austin is very busy with work. Oh, not that our new co-host O'Connor is not, but O'Connor has a knack for research. He's done a lot of things you may have heard of in the past. He, he was invaluable in the assistance with the CSGO Lotto stuff. And so we're going to consider this a relaunch for Robot Congress. We're bringing O'Connor in full time. We're going to refer to him as O'Connor since uh, I am Ryan and he's also Ryan. And we're going to just make it easier. And a lot of what we're going to do now, we, we feel, is going to just come across a lot better and, and uh, be a lot more thorough. The show we want to put out where we're going to look at a topic and we're going to tell you everything there is to know about it. And then we're going to look at the actual laws that surround the issue. Uh, we're going to look at everything from open source licensing to intellectual property laws that control all of the tech industry, not just video games. We're going to be looking at other criminal cases and other things that people are, are very eager to know more about throughout the Internet. For example, this week we're going to be looking at Michelle Carter and Conrad Roy. For those who are unaware, Michelle Carter is the terrible human being, although I will reserve judgment past that for now who convinced her boyfriend, Conrad Roy, at the time to kill himself uh, through a variety of text messages and phone calls. It's been everywhere, and I've seen a lot of debates sparking up about whether or not this is too much of a hindrance on free speech, whether this case is going to set a bad precedent and a slippery slope for everything else, whether we should really treat this as, you know, it's tech. She didn't actually do anything. She didn't buy any of the equipment he used. He didn't. She didn't show up and help him push a button. She just merely talked to him. And is that enough to be found guilty for killing someone? Carter and Roy had been a couple since 2012. On the 19th of June of 2014, in a text conversation, after a history of self-harm, including an overdose of acetaminophen, Carter is urging Roy to get help for his condition. She tells him a mental hospital could help. Roy says nothing will help. He's not going to get better. She essentially tells him to stop talking about it and kill himself already, and Roy decides to do just that. Days later... Carter is once again talking with Roy, discouraging him from self-harm, but Roy views as an escape from the pain he is facing and won't be reasoned with. 
Weeks later, Carter has given up entirely on helping Roy and is instead suggesting ways that Roy can kill himself. Between her change from supportive remedies to assisting in the idea of ending it all, she does not ever alert his family or friends to his thoughts. If he wavers, she encourages him. When he delays, she chastises him. As the days go on, she is yelling at him for not going forward with it, that he just makes excuse after excuse. When Roy displays concern regarding his family's response to his death, Carter tells him that they'll accept it, that they know he wants to kill himself and are ready for it, and will move on. Roy asks Carter to be there for his family, which she promises she will. On the 12th of July of 2014, not even a month after these text conversations have begun, Roy is again questioning the idea of killing himself, but Carter tells him he has to go through with it. She asks for his promise that he's going to do it, and Roy promises. He asks where to do it. She suggests a quiet parking lot and tells him that he cannot break a promise. Sitting in his car, breathing in toxic fumes, she continues to message him, telling him it will be over soon. In a moment of clarity, Roy gets out of the car, desperate for fresh air and having second thoughts. She texts him, get back in, and he does. Moments later, she is listening on the phone, motor running, Roy choking on his last breath. She does not talk to his family. She does not talk to his friends. She does not contact a hospital. Instead, she takes this into her own hands and starts to slowly but but very powerfully convince him to kill himself. Uh, she she texts him things saying, hey, did you buy a generator yet? And he says, not yet. And she says in all caps, when are you going to? And he says now. It's it's the constant pushing and shoving towards this fate that she has, again, in my opinion, entirely orchestrated and, and driven him to. She is as terrible a human as as I think you will ever see. She is a 17-year-old girl at the time. She's a month shy of being 18, which will come into importance in a great way later on. But this this is not a child, in my opinion. This is not someone who is doesn't know what they're doing. She's very aware that she is convincing her boyfriend to kill himself. And the question becomes, before we even look at the legal aspect, why would you do that? It seems like she, after, you know, after he spent such a long time struggling with depression and attempted suicides, she got sick of him threatening suicide and just went full on, stop threatening it and kill yourself. I don't think this was her getting tired of him. I mean, that's why you break up with someone. That's not why you tell someone to kill themselves. I, I mean, I've broken up with girls in the past who were annoying, even very similarly to this. Uh, you know, it's it's just the constant, you know, I, I can't go on, blah, blah, blah. Life is rough. That there are a lot of people like that and they need help, obviously. And they're I, I just don't see that. Well, no, That's but it seems here. like it was that, but there was the extra step of she decided to push for him to actually kill himself. So I, I respectfully disagree. I think what this is, is, and why she is beyond evil, in my opinion, is this is someone who thought this would be a great way to raise her social status, to make more friends, to have people feel bad for her, to become a mini celebrity in her town, coupled with, I think she's actually crazy. I think she is well, there you is have to a, have something uh, wrong with you in order to encourage somebody to kill themselves. Absolutely. And she also has said things to her friends, such as he promised he would give me signs that he's my guardian angel, but I haven't seen any signs yet. 
if that is true, if that's not just her soaking up more attention, then there is absolutely a different kind of insanity here that is not necessarily evil. But there is also a lot of evilness here. She texts everyone she could think of uh, saying, "Can you know, I can't believe this has happened. I am so heartbroken, uh, acting surprised by it when she, in fact, orchestrated it. The night that he was in that car slowly choking to death and dying, she was texting his family saying, hey, do you have any idea where Roy is? It's it's uh, it's a coupling of those two things where she is that I think that is the only possibility here as to why what the motive is so much so that the prosecutor in the case even actually said the motive here is social status. She she had a lot to gain here. She had a benefit for suicide awareness after Roy died, but used it instead really just to throw a party and invite people at school that wouldn't normally talk to her. Uh, she is. She is as bad a person as they come. And and I'll stop reiterating that, but I think it's important to understand here that this is not a mutually broken person. This is not someone who was unstable themselves in in the traditional sense. I think this is more a sociopath who said him, his death equals my boost. And that is why this all happened. It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, but would you say a sociopath, would you say a sociopath would get signs of guardian angels that doesn't seem like the two would be yeah it's a it's a hard thing to say for sure i mean what her true motives are of course i mean we'll never know but it's i think it's a mixture of those two things uh now as i said she was 17 when this happened she was a month shy of 18 is that correct yes that is correct she was her birthday is august 11th and the suicide happened on the 12th of july not to be morbid but how did he do it so he got a pickup truck and what what did he then do he took a water pump which is a different sort of uh generator that would use to pump water out of say a basement or some place that you need to get it from one place to another but it ran on gas and therefore pumped out carbon monoxide he set that bad boy up in his car turned it on and rolled up the windows bing bang boom you have yourself so, a corpse so in the traditional sense of this type of suicide it's normally a car running in a garage the car exhaust fills the garage and the, the person dies. That's why I was confused when I re- originally read this, that he was essentially in a field. I guess because uh, he didn't want to do it in an enclosed space because that would involve people being nearby. Yeah, in an open space, it was confusing to me how he killed himself with carbon monoxide poisoning using a vehicle, but he, he didn't use the vehicle. He just closed the windows, basically, and, and ran the water pump and let that carbon monoxide uh, end his life. Just as Austin and I have discussed many times in the past that when we see a new technology, the the law and the judges and the legislators, they're very shy and nervous to change a law about one piece of technology because this virtual reality item or this whatever is so revolutionary that to change all of our existing laws to, to revolve around it is going to be really difficult. And it's going to have a, a, back, a, a slippery slope for future technology, and it's going to have a retroactive negative to all our previous technology. Here, we're seeing a person so evil that the law is having a hard time uh, figuring out how to, to handle this. So this is almost – instead of a revolutionary piece of technology, we're looking at a revolutionary kind of evil, and that means – Why that is is because we have something called a freedom of speech in this country. You're allowed to basically say whatever you want. There are, of course, a lot of limitations and handicaps on that. But how many – I mean all three of us play Dota a lot together. How often does someone say kill yourself? 
I've said it to Austin. If Austin does that, should the person who said it be liable because of a heated match in Dota? Is that the same thing as here? You know, it's it's no, it's a very slippery yes. slope. No, it is not that. There is a reason for that, and the judge, when giving the verdict, explained that he did. He specifically said that she. It, this was not due just due to the text messages, though they it's, did help the circumstances it was not directly due to the text messages you can't just text somebody kill yourself and if they do it then you're you're found liable no it was more the fact that she created a self what was known as a self-created danger which was something that i learned about when i was researching this is i didn't know what a self-created danger was the fact that she told him to kill himself when he got out of the car he listened got back into the car after he was having second thoughts and because she told him to then did nothing when she had the ability to do something because she created the danger. She did not alert anybody else to the issue. That is why she got held liable for the or found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. So that is such an important distinction. There's a couple areas of law that this can be part of. From assisted suicide, which this took place in Massachusetts. Massachusetts has no law against assisted suicide. Uh, we are looking at manslaughter for creating a, a risk that someone so egregious that someone can uh, be hurt from it. And we're also looking at an affirmative duty to rescue or an affirmative. It's called different things in different states. But whether or not the person has an affirmative duty to do something for someone. If I see someone get hit by a car, Austin, do I have to save them? No, that's right. Uh, in fact, if you go to help someone, you, you usually have a lot more to lose than gain, uh, which is unfortunate. There is uh, exceptions where if you're trying to hurt some help someone and you wind up hurting them worse. Uh, let's say your car is on fire and I run over and drag you out of the car because I'm afraid it's going to explode because I watch a lot of movies. You have a spinal injury, though, from the accident and I wind up paralyzing you. I actually will usually be protected from that because I tr- I was trying to do the right thing and I didn't do anything egregiously stupid. But if I try to do CPR with a hammer, that's when I am then liable for even though I was trying to do the right thing, I did something so stupid that now you are hurt and I'm liable for it. Here we have to take a step back from all of this. Here we have someone texting you saying they're going to kill themselves. Do you have an affirmative duty to to help them? The answer is almost categorically no throughout the United States. Uh, There are exceptions to that for sure. There's a couple of states where there is an affirmative duty to help someone even if you see them get mugged. Uh, but here, that's not the case. Yeah, didn't you see that one of the last episodes of Seinfeld? They're all in, I think, Massachusetts, and uh, a guy's getting mugged, and they do nothing. They just stand there and laugh, and they end up getting prosecuted for it. I think they yeah, call that good Samaritan law. It is a good Samaritan law. I don't think Massachusetts has one, to be honest, uh, that would, would have come up here for sure. But it is something that uh, is, is uh, you know, terrible legal writing in Seinfeld. Actually, that's probably one of the worst series finales ever. Yes, but that's why I haven't that, seen it in, like, a decade. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh that's a story for another day. Uh, O'Connor, do you like Seinfeld? Who Good. doesn't love Seinfeld? It's great. I have to suffer through it every day with with Melissa, who is my beautiful wife. In case anybody wants to know, and she makes me watch Friends for an hour on TBS, and then I get to, if I suffer through that, I can reach Seinfeld at six o'clock, <laughs> and everything marriage, is right with the world. Marriage sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, because you're rolling in happiness. Jesus. <laughs> All right, you can get in the law stuff. Now. Speaking of unhappy people, let's get back to the case. So Bristol County, where this happened, uh, the juvenile court judge, again, so since she was a month shy of 18, she got treated here as a minor. I think that is ridiculous. I think uh, that 
she very much knew what she was doing. And with an adult brain, I don't think that month distinction should have been honored here. I do understand there needs to be a line drawn between child and adult. But I think when somebody is capable of something like this, the, the rules should be changed. And they often are, but it wasn't here. So in Bristol County Juvenile Court, Judge Lawrence Moniz, I believe, or Moniz, let's call him, found that Carter had displayed wanton and reckless conduct that led to the death of her then 18-year-old boyfriend. Where one's action creates the life-threatening risk to another, there's a duty to take reasonable steps to alleviate the risk. So again, if you didn't do anything, if he came to you and said, I'm going to kill myself, you don't need to stop that legally. You should. You're a terrible person if you don't, but you don't need to. If you're the one who says, hey, here's a gun, here's how to use it, I think you should kill yourself, here's why, that is you creating that life-threatening risk. And then your duty and the burden shifts pretty dramatically. So she was not found guilty for not telling on him. She was not found guilty for not doing anything else. She was found guilty for that one explicit message of get back in the car. When he decided, I'm not going to kill myself, she said, yes, you are, get back in there. And he did. And that is why she is guilty. Matthew Siegel from the ACLU is outraged by this this finding and, and the entire premise of the, the case in the first place. Uh, he says, this is a killing in which the murder weapon was words. And that is an incredibly broad view of causation and an incredibly broad view of the manslaughter laws in Massachusetts and creates serious concerns about expanding criminal law without doing so through the legislator. He's basically saying this this ruling is going to broaden the law so widely that a judge should not do it, that this is not the right way to change the law. And instead, they should let the legislator come in and do it themselves, the legislator being the body who actually makes the laws. So are they suggesting that they not convict her of this? The ACLU is, is absolutely, at least Matthew Siegel from, from the ACLU, is, is seemingly saying that, yes, this is not an offense where she should be convicted. This is a very sad case. He's saying it's, it's very heartbreaking that Roy killed himself, but that this is nothing that she should be punished for because we have a freedom of speech and doing anything differently would limit that freedom of speech too greatly. I absolutely well, understand the concern little... of worrying about expanding powers too far, because yes, this I, I imagine this could have broad-reaching consequences, but you also have to be concerned about the case itself. I, I guess you have to be concerned about the case itself, and also the future of rulings on the case. So it's a, it's a balancing act? Well, the issue I, I... Well, from my general high school and college education as not being a lawyer, I always thought that these kind of things were decided by the courts, and that it shouldn't be legislated first it's the courts that decide things you have roe v wade you have brown versus the board of education they're the people that decide how the rules are interpreted not let's let's wait until someone does something it's more reactionary as opposed to creationary so that's a very interesting point also and it's something that is part of the checks and balances of america as a law is written you're never going to write the law to cover everything that you wanted to. You're going to do your best, but there is an, uh, there's arguments over the Constitution still uh, between textualists and people who are, are trying to interpret it how they want it to. Uh, you know, you can look at the Second Amendment, not that we're going to get into that at all, but was that right to bear arms meant for someone to go get a warehouse full of Uzis? No, because that kind of warfare didn't exist at the time. But the text says something, and that's what we live by. With the law, on the other hand, we have laws that are written, and then it is not up to that legislator to interpret its own laws. It's up to the court system. The judges are who interpret the, the actual legislation. 
And here, in my opinion, that's exactly what they're doing. So I very much disagree with the ACLU here. Uh, the other important thing to note is everyone keeps saying this is setting a bad precedent. The ACLU is setting, saying this is setting a bad precedent. But keep in mind, this is not precedent in the broad sense people like to throw that word around in. This is one juvenile court in Massachusetts, a state that already doesn't have laws against assisted suicide. In fact, in a similar case in 2008, a manslaughter charge was brought against was not brought against uh, Lori Drew, an equally terrible person. She was the mother of a girl in high school, and she set up a fake MySpace account and started bullying another 13 year old girl at the school. That girl actually killed herself because the mother made up a, a fake boyfriend and uh, made this 13-year-old girl fall in love with him and then said, you're nothing, you're trash, I would never be with you, and basically convinced her to kill him, herself. Uh, she didn't have any charges brought against her because this, again, was just words. This was just messages. She didn't do anything that was over the line according to the law, according to the people who looked at it. Again, I disagree with that. But this is the kind of line that we're, we're looking at so closely here because, again, as we'll get into later, most of the Internet says pretty terrible things. And while I'm not going to defend what they say, I do have, believe that there is a right to say most things. I'm against bullying. I'm, I think that, the, you know, the, the people who think they're funny trolls by running around saying the N-word are terrible people. Uh, but, you know, there, there has to be some lines and protections for those kind of assholes. How much does intent have to do with uh, judgment? Because it's it seems like with internet trolls and you know with people saying kill yourself on in, in games like Dota and I mean like playing Call of Duty online, generally the intent is not to kill yourself. The people are just angry at you or they're trying to be hate-filled, spiteful little pricks. Uh, they're not actually like because it seems like this would be like conspiracy to commit murder kind of uh, on the part of Carter. Uh, she she took a, like a month basically to slowly manip manipulate and convince her boyfriend into actually killing himself. That's absolutely true. And I think uh, that that's an important distinction as well. So most criminal laws, intent is a factor. Uh, here, I believe intent is not a factor in terms of uh, that this is almost not against the law in many cases. So the thing well, that happened here is she created that dangerous situation and she did not resolve it. But she created a dangerous situation that the law is almost saying didn't necessarily – the intent doesn't matter. She's being she's guilty of involuntary manslaughter. So that means, you know, you didn't mean to. It's involuntary. It's in the name. Uh, it's it's. But I think that's a good way we could look at changing this law. We could say, hey, if you're trying to convince someone to kill themselves and you do it successfully, you with the intent to do it and we can prove that intent, which you could absolutely do here, you should go to jail for life or whatever. But if you're doing it nonchalantly in a game and you say, oh, man, don't pick Hanzo, kill yourself, uh, you know, that is different. Is that OK? No, I still think that's too much. But it's it's, of course, different. And we're not allowed to just say this action's bad. This action's good. Bad actions get punished. We need to look at at what they are. Uh, you know, this this case also has broad strokes for assisted suicide cases as well. Let's say you have an 80 year old couple. The husband's in extreme pain that week from his chemo or whatever it might be. And the spouse says, I, I can't watch you like this. I feel so terrible for you. Uh, let me help you end it. And he says, OK, is that the same as what happened here? 
Uh, that's a pretty well. I didn't know you were going to go that way with that that story. I was thinking if you were going to use that example that the the husband in this case has the has the cancer. If he goes, I want to end it, and she says, "Okay, let me see what I can do for you." Way different, but the way you proposed it, it sounds way worse because it sounds like she's coercing. It's like, "Wow, you're miserable. Let me help you kill yourself," which is so that's a, that's, that's that a terrifying fine thought. line. That's the line for you then, and that's the line for the law right now. I mean, that is the difference. If he comes to her and says, I want to die, and she says, okay, I'll help you, or it's very different than she says, I can't watch you like this. Let me help you end it. Those are two very different uh, fact patterns, and I I don't know how I feel about either. I mean, I, I do know how I feel. I'll be honest about how I feel. I think both are not okay. I think assisted suicide should not be okay. I think people who uh, – I think life is a, a – roller coaster of ups and downs. And I think on very bad days, there have been a lot of people who were in the mind frame of, yeah, I can't do this. I, you know, I, I want to end this. And they come out of that before they do it. But if someone's right next to you saying, okay, great here, bam, and shoots you, I, you know, that's just, that, that takes the whole mentality out of it. I think it, it then becomes like a commitment where, okay, I have to do this now. I don't want to let them down too. Uh, it's. I, I just don't see a situation in which assisted suicide is okay. So, so where I would have the, to disagree. So, where I, where would the line be for you? So, okay, I have one bad day. I want to kill myself. I don't do it, and then the next day I'm fine. What if I have a week that's awful and I want to kill? And you know, I, I, suicide seems like a good option. A, a month, a, a year. If, if I mean, I there is no line for me. Yes, they, I, I, they should get treatment. What? Well, you do were you talking, disagree with it about O'Connor. Well, I just would have to disagree with the fact that you're you're making a very hard line for like and once again, we're just using this random example of this 80 year old is you're not 80 years old. You've never had cancer. You don't know. And uh, are, do you feel comfortable telling people who are older than you have different experiences and different health issues than you what to do, which is I, I in my mind is a very slippery slope than this story here. It, I think being older, wiser, and being able to take care of anything that you would need to if you die, like if you if you have kids or something like that and you make them aware of it, it's your choice. It's your life. And if you're in that much pain, which I don't think you've ever personally been in, knowing you for the amount of time that I have, I think that's a little a little scary to think, well, you don't like that he's doing that, but it's his life and it's not your choice. I don't know. That's just me. Well, I mean it's, it's, it's obviously a hard topic, but no, I, I – I, it's just how I feel. I think that uh, we have some really good drugs for pain and we have uh, really good mental health counseling that unfortunately most people don't get. Uh, and I would rather see those kind of things be strengthened rather than, uh, you know, somebody's in pain that week from something that they might be cured of next week. I mean, how many people have been told that they're given two days to live and they live 25 years? Uh Look at Kevorkian, not that that's a prime example for the, the, the goodness of assisted suicide, but Kevorkian would diagnose people with terminal cancer and say, you know, chemo sucks. Here's an alternative. And he would help them kill themselves. And it turned out that some of the people he diagnosed, some didn't even have cancer and others were completely treatable. And that's not that wasn't malicious. I mean, I, I think he was malicious, but that's not why he was uh, doing it. He thought they all had cancer and he thought they were all not treatable. But. I mean, who cares? Some things become treatable. We have new cures coming out every week. Uh, I, I just I don't know. I have a really hard time saying that's OK. Well, I don't think that that's what they're they're doing. I don't think they're creating the death panels. I, I think I, I don't think that that's what it is. All. It's not helping people kill themselves. But if you're an adult 
of sound mind that wants to say I'm going to kill myself, it should be your uh, ability to do that. I think the issue is that Morrison believes that people that are thinking I should kill myself are not of sound mind and that they should get uh, mental uh, right. health. I personally, it's it's a it's in it's a very divisive issue. And yeah, I I, I agree with O'Connor that we haven't felt that kind of pain, and I think that. There's not going to be a drug that solves every pain and every chronic issue. And if you've been in pain for... You clearly haven't tried heroin. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. This summer, it's the perfect time to create your own beautiful website. You can make a splash for your business. With Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or even online businesses, because it's online, on the internet. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, analytics that help you grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, 24-7 award-winning customer support, and nothing to patch or upgrade ever. You get free and secure hosting with Squarespace. People that use Squarespace are people like jewelry designers, clothing designers, instructors, record labels, gyms and studios, real estate brokers, and gamers. Check out Squarespace at squarespace.com. Register a domain name, start your free website or online store trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code ROBOT to save 10%. That's offer code ROBOT. Well, regardless, here here is the line with the law. So Massachusetts has no law against encouraging suicide, as we said, nor do any of its criminal statutes specifically define manslaughter, which is rare, but that's how it is. Under state common law, which is important to uh, make a distinction of, common law is basically law made by the courts. So as much as what we were talking about earlier, O'Connor, uh, with the ACLU's c- complaints here, common law is basically, this is how the, this is not how the law is written, but this is how the courts have always upheld this. So this is common law. This is how we understand this to exist. And we see that in trademarks, for example. So if you uh, start a business and you call it Austin's Pizza Pie Shop, uh, you have a trademark on that, even if you don't register it, but it's a common law trademark. It's way weaker but it's still something is there because courts have upheld rights to that and it exists in common law. Uh, common law is very uh, weakened and rare in criminal law. But here in Massachusetts, it's state common law, which uh, involuntary, says involuntary manslaughter is defined as an unintentional killing occasioned by an act which constitutes such a disregard of the probable harmful consequences to another as to be wanton and reckless, because they can never write this stuff in English. Basically, what that means is you've done something you've you've someone has been killed unintentionally by you by something you did that is so ridiculous. It, it is reckless that, that no one would have done that in in uh, sound mind or with with reason behind it. Now, I disagree with that ruling here. I think this is I think this should be bumped up Not quite a bit. Well, I think this was as voluntary as it comes. I think the intent here is quite clear. But. Uh, Judge Monez, who which I encourage everyone to listen to the actual ruling. It's great to see that evil, terrible human cry as the the rulings read. I think it's super interesting to listen to it because he basically goes on and on about how she's not guilty for a variety of things, about how the state has not proven a variety of things. 
But then he says why she is guilty of this last bit. And it's interesting just to see that's how these criminal proceedings work. And then the final reason I think you should watch, arguably the most important, is because it's in Massachusetts and her name is Carter. So the judge keeps saying, Cotta. What was the okay. what, what was the prosecution looking for? What what were they going for as far as conviction? So the prosecutors actually charged her with manslaughter, which I think is strategic. You always have to, you know, we I, I've spoken to a lot of prosecutors, and and the, everyone agrees that you want to bring charges you think you will win, not that you think is uh, that you will have a hard time proving or, or that the law will really justify. Well, you absolutely, you always bargain with the charges. I mean, that's just how this works. Well, you, know, but you don't want to start at, at like at like five hundred dollars and you know hope that they'll come down to four fifty. I don't even know what that means. That's fine. You don't have to understand it. <laughs> so, so you're saying that you, you Austin, I just to try to get your train of thought is you're, you're you're trying to aim high, but you're really trying to negotiate For a to a certain point. But you, yeah, I get I get what Austin's trying to say is you 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 make an egregious like you bring up egregious charges, and then in Austin's mind, you think that you'd drop it down to somewhere where you actually thought you were going to get. So that's the long and short of the, the legal uh, analysis here. Obviously, this is different state to state. Again, this is a juvenile court in Massachusetts, so this is not some nationwide uh, precedent that's been set. Uh, but we are looking at something that is going to be examined and have to be looked at as texting and communication becomes more powerful. I mean, cyberbullying is a real problem, and cyberbullying has and will continue to lead to suicide. And I think that those cyber bullies should face consequences for that. Uh, we'll see where the law comes out on it, but that's that's what I believe and that's where we are. Uh, now with all that context in mind, where do you two think we will see the changes? Where do you think, do you think that uh, you know, something like this is going to prevent the online trolls from continuing to do what they do. No, don't be no. ridiculous. This isn't going to have any effect on on online I, behavior. Yeah, it's not going to stop anything. I mean, murder is illegal. It doesn't stop people from killing each other. Well, it's, it it's not some. a deterrent either. I, it, I don't see this as a deterrent because it I mean, one, most people are probably not going to hear about it. And two, it's the, the, the facts of the case are so far removed from somebody trolling somebody on Dota or Call of Duty that it, it's not going to have any effect on it. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is it is concerning to me just because I'm cynical and pessimistic. It just think about it like you could be playing a game of Dota, which lasts one hour long. And Lord knows not so much Austin, but Morrison and I have had a couple cocktails playing the game. And what if you do get that one person that's on there that's just had like a little too much of whatever they were partaking of that evening? And you're like, you know what? I got a bottle of scotch right here and some pills and like one person who's also maybe even intoxicated or not. And it's late at night and you're like, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Go kill yourself. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I got pills. I'm going to do it. And they might not even say it in the tone that like it's like, well, maybe you should back off. But like, where's the line? Intense. Who knows? Like, but like this this one circumstance was it seems way more black and white. She told him to do it for a month. He eventually did it. He got he said, I'm in a car filled with carbon dioxide. She says, get back in there, soldier, and and kill yourself. Basically, not verbatim. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. But like, what's what's the period of time? Imagine if you play a game for an hour. If you tell a person to kill themselves for an entire hour or say 45 minutes of that hour and they do it like where is the line like this? Well, there is harassment. I mean, there is a point where you berate someone enough and that's a different charge. Uh, you know, it's something that I think we're going to see much more strictly enforced as we go. The problem is it's kind of random. And we've seen this in games for as, as many people who might be thinking we're trying to bridge a gap here because of the video game or anything. That's quite not true. Uh, what, what we've seen here is uh, child Justin Carter, who was playing League of Legends with his friends. 
Somebody in the game called him insane, said, called, said he was messed up in the, in the head. He replied, oh, yeah, I'm real messed up in the head. I'm going to go shoot up a school full of kids and eat their still beating hearts. Then he immediately said, LOL and JK. Even with the LOL and JK, it doesn't matter. A Canadian woman saw the, the comments in League of Legends, contacted the authorities after seeing he lived near an elementary school, and Justin Carter was immediately arrested. He's been in jail. He was in jail for quite some time. When an anonymous donor, after the, the case picked up some uh, notoriety online, posted bail. Uh, as far as I know, I haven't looked into the docket too carefully. This is just kind of something that popped up off the top of my head. Uh, as far as I know, he's still being pursued by the DA. He's still under house arrest. And this is years later now, and he's still suffering consequences from making one stupid joke in a League of Legends game. This can happen and does happen. I don't think he should... I mean, here he wasn't even saying he was going to, you know, someone should kill themselves. He was uh, kind of making a threat, although... Talking about a shooting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand it was right after Sandy Hook. There was people who were, uh, you know, not of of their own sound minds to, to judge this reasonably. But, man, I, I think the punishment should fit the crime, and I do not think it did here. See, this, that's, that's... that's way more terrifying for, in- for, for internet trolls as a consequence than, than this case. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, agreed. And because this is I still ongoing. Well, it's I mean, this stuff is getting to the Supreme Court. They're going to look at it and we're going to have more definitive answers that that will set precedent, quite obviously. But uh, where we are right now, it's you know, I'd be careful what you say. I would realize that what you say has consequences, even if you're allowed to say it. And, uh, you know, just don't be a terrible person. Don't be stupid. Well, also, there, you're, there's certain things that you are actually not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say, I'm going to go uh, shoot up a police precinct. I'm going to shoot the president. You're not allowed to say those things in a public forum and get away with it. There it are, depends there are how lines. you say it. No, like you can I, – I forget how it is because I remember looking it up recently because of the Kathy Griffin thing where she posted uh, her yeah, holding yeah. Trump's bloody head. But it's different. She didn't actually say like I'm going to kill Trump and cut his head off. Well, it that's was just a picture of her holding his bloody head. Like a that's like the exact line. That's that's the exact line. It's it's uh, imminent threat. So if I say I'm going to kill you, you – that's that's usually not an imminent threat enough, even that scary. If I say I'm going to come to your house and kill you, here's your address. That is now an imminent threat. And I can take that more seriously. And the police will as well. Uh, I'm going to kill you is that's probably enough in most cases. But uh, wide threats or threats that don't have any kind of timeline on them or any kind of actions associated things saying like, you know, oh, you're going to regret saying that. That's usually not enough. Uh, it would have to be the actual Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. Get scared. Fair. But uh, I, I I think this the, – the case that you're proposing with this Texas team, uh, Justin Carter, is way more gray. This one I feel – Gray. Uh, with, 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 uh, with Michelle Carter, because apparently Carter's just like talking about killing themselves or getting other people to do it, is uh, – I think this one's way more black and white. There was intent. She did it for a month. Uh, she told him to do it. She told him to get back in there. Like it, it, it seems way more cut and dry, and I feel more comfortable with the decision that they made on it as opposed to the the Justin Carter with the LOL. I'm going to shoot up a school. LOL. So, guys, in conclusion, do you think this was justice served? I don't think so. Uh, so she's looking at again. This is going to be appealed. This is not going to end here. So this decision basically means nothing. Uh, but she's looking at a max of 20 years or a minimum of of just probation. And I think she's going to get a lot closer to the probation side of things. 
Uh, hopefully the world doesn't forget and the court of public opinion keeps her as a leper from society forever because that's what she deserves. Uh, but that's the only kind of justice I think we'll see here. I think that she should definitely get closer to 15 to 20 years uh, because this is literally she got this guy to kill himself. Uh, I'll agree to a certain point. I, I mean, they, they did mention in the defense that she did switch uh her antidepressants and she also wanted to kill herself at the time and she's also 17 i mean people get away with murder and don't go away for life it happens sometimes i mean you see trials like that that they get paroled and things like that i mean yeah it's 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 a terrible situation do i think she's wrong absolutely but she might not have been in a right state of mind they they said specifically that her her new um antidepressant citalopram uh, causes suicidal thoughts of their own in people under the age of, uh, I believe, under the age of 24, and she's 17 in an age where you're already running with hormones. I, 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 I yes, I agree that she's wrong and she the, should be punished. The side effects I'm, might be suicidal depression, but they're not uh, sociopathic. Convince someone else to kill themselves over a month-long manipulation stint. I, like, there is no pity coming from me. I suppose it I know, also depends it. on whether you think that the punishment should be for uh, purely punishing her or for potential rehabilitation. You know, no, just in. punishment. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> I I think I think it was just served. I love the way that the that the uh, judge described it. Uh, what does concern me more than anything else is I, I hope she does get some jail time for this. Is that everything? It's it's all a spin move by the by the media that says that, oh, text message uh, caused kid to kill himself when the judge specifically says that is not true. And that's what concerns me more than anything is that they spun it, even though the judge specifically said you created a self-created danger. You made him get back in the car and you did nothing when he finally killed himself. And that's what scares me more than anything else. I mean, yes, somebody died. It's terrible. But the fact that we're getting told that text message kills somebody when that's not true. Yeah, it's and that's the fun of reporting always with this stuff. And yeah, to, I mean, to, to your question, Austin, I, I we, we will do another episode on the jail system because I think there is zero rehabilitation in there. And I think it makes minor offenders into violent offenders. Uh, but when we are dealing with murderers, uh, molesters, rapists, et cetera, you know, that's I want to. Yeah, I want to see some punishment. Let's let's get them good. Uh, and I'm comfortable with that stance entirely. Uh, but guys, great episode. I'm very happy with how this worked out. Uh, obviously, you know, we're not normally here with three people. We're going to get better at it. And obviously we are open to your ideas and hopes and dreams for topics that you want to hear us get into. It doesn't have to be the topic of the week in in sense of that it's in the newspapers. There might just be something that happens in this industry or, or in technology that you really want to hear a deep dive into that a lot of people haven't touched. So if that's the case, uh, give us a shout. You can follow the show at robot underscore Congress. And you can follow me at Mr. Ryan Morrison on good old Twitter. You can follow me at Robot Austin. And O'Connor doesn't believe in the Internet. I would love it, however, if uh, any of our fans could do some fan art of what they think he looks like based on his voice. You can send it to us on Twitter. Uglier the better. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Leave some reviews. Steve Jobs controls our future. Everyone give us five stars. Don't give us... I don't want to see three stars. I don't want to see four stars, five stars or stay home. And if you're what kind of asshole leaves two star review for anything who likes something two stars worth? Well, that means that I put some time into it and it it, it tickled my fancy. But then it was just complete crap. Isn't two stars fair? 
Like it's just fair. Like you had a, like an okay time. You never saw oh, an okay you're a movie. Terrible person. If you're giving two stars. All right. Out for so let me just let me just so from a customer service at. point of view, when you have a rating of one to five stars, if you're giving anything lower than five stars or potentially four stars, that is considered negative. Yeah, if you, I've done a lot of customer service jobs in my life. If you're, if one through five, if it's not a five, they ask you why. What did you do to ruin this? Don't try to be cute and say, oh, all fives is too much. I'm going to throw some fours in so they think it's real. No one cares if it's real. A they want five, all five stars. A five is a positive. A four is a neutral, a passive. Anything lower than that is a detractor. Two stars is fine, damn it. What? It's, dude, it's not. Really, you guys not. have a problem. You ha- No, no, no. You, okay, you don't realize. Okay, then the system's broken, yes, but we live in this system. And unless you're going to go burn it down, anything. So a one to ten, by the way, because this is how my job works. A one to ten, a nine or a ten are positive. Positive, a seven or eight are passives and count against you a little bit. And then anything uh, other than that, you need like five positives to offput it. It's it's considered. And, and look, look at Uber. Uber's one through five stars. And if they get below a four point two, they are revoked from driving from Uber. Well, hasn't Uber had a problem that they're not paying their drivers anyway? Shouldn't we be How more focused on that? How the fuck is that relevant? No, I'm more focused on you, the scumlord running around society, giving people two stars. I will find you and I will burn your house to the ground. With your things inside of it. No one special. No one. That was a headgum podcast.